Welcome to Friends in Prison. I'm Claire Aronson, and I have 29 friends in prison. Hello, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk to you today, and I have a couple of really big things I want to discuss. First, I want to talk about Valerie's GoFundMe, and then I want to talk about tablets in prison. Have you heard about this? Apparently, starting in 2018, there was a pilot program to give um, tablets like iPads out to prisoners so that they could use those to communicate, to research things for legal matters, and now the the program is expanding uh, in over 30 states. All of a sudden, I have friends all over the place talking to me about these tablets. So we will definitely be getting into that matter. Um, I know that if you heard about Valerie, um, maybe you went and checked out her GoFundMe. Maybe you haven't had the chance yet. And if you haven't heard about it, let me give you a quick recap. Valerie is in prison in Texas for um, a DUI vehicular manslaughter. And she was given over 40 years in prison. Now, I think that um, what I would like to point out about her case is that it was unintentional. There was absolutely nothing about that particular night that uh, made her think she wanted to hurt somebody else or that she could hurt somebody else but through these actions or that it would be okay if she hurt someone else. However, obviously, if you are drinking and driving some part of you knows or should have known before you started drinking that it could lead to injury of someone else. And of course, worst case scenario is what Valerie experienced, the the death of four people. So at the time when this happened, which was uh, over 10 years ago, she was so racked with guilt that she just accepted the terms that the prosecutor set for forward and she said, yep, I deserve to go to prison and um, I can't argue with that. Now that she has been in prison for over 10 years, she is thinking, look, I would like to respectfully ask for a sentence reduction. I am still wrecked with guilt. I am still accepting uh, my responsibility in this case, but I believe that my life could better serve the community, better serve the memory of the people that I harmed if I were released from prison. So she needs, I believe, $15,000 for the attorney that she would like to man her case for a sentence reduction. And she could go before a judge without a lawyer. It's just that she doesn't think that would be very effective. And I tend to agree with her. Unfortunately, as I've been looking at similar cases to hers, I'm afraid that 10 years per death of the person who, you know, resulted from this, I don't even want to call it an accident, from this incident, um, 10 years seems pretty uniform. You know, if we were looking at other people's cases and going, hey, these guys all got five years per um, vehicular homicide, then I think you would have an argument for reducing her sentence to five years per victim, which I think is what she's looking at. I think that she um, would like to serve out another eight or so years and then be released from prison. Now, I am no legal scholar. It is certainly possible 
that someone will look at her case and say, yep, she should have a sentence reduction. And all she needs is that lawyer who has better skills than I do and understands the law and in what way to argue this case so that she gets the results that she wants. What's my point? My point is that as I was looking at her GoFundMe, I just didn't know how much of her effort was worth putting into this case. You know, is she going to put a year or two years worth of time into fundraising, into researching, into going before the court, and then just be disappointed? Then I said, you know what? Maybe if she's disappointed, that's that's okay. At least she knows she tried. At least she put forth everything. And for those months or years that she worked on this sentence reduction, she would have a sense of hope. And she would be, in the end, two years closer to release regardless of the outcome, even if it means she needs to serve another 20 years before she is released. So she had a friend who was who had set up the GoFundMe for her. And that brings me to um, what I want to talk about today. Apparently, she sat down for a video call with this guy who had set up her GoFundMe. And he was drinking alcohol. And she said, you can't drink in front of me. What, what are you doing? You, you have to put that away. And he was like, you're okay. I can drink in front of you. Like, it's no big deal. And she said, it is a big deal. I'm an alcoholic. I made a promise to the family of my victims, as well as posthumously to my victims, that I wasn't going to be involved with this. I wasn't going to be even tempted by this. I can't, I can't sit here in this video call with you and watch you drink beer, you know, and I can, I, I'm not a big alcohol drinker myself. Um, I probably drink alcohol uh, once a month or a couple times a month, depending on, on what's going on. Sometimes it'd be several months and I don't drink anything, but I certainly wouldn't drink any alcohol in front of my friend Valerie or in front of anyone who had told me they have this kind of issue. And the second that someone told me that they didn't like it, that I was doing this in front of them, I would stop 100%. I can kind of understand if you're talking to someone who's in prison, why shouldn't I drink beer or drink wine or whatever? You're not going to be, I'm not offering it to you. And in fact, you can't have it even if you wanted it because you're in prison, right? I don't know what kind of access Valerie has to she has never talked about, um, I don't know, what do you call it, prison hooch? You know, um, some kind of wine or alcohol that's made uh, somewhere in the prison. You know, I saw that kind of stuff on Orange is the New Black, but she's never mentioned that. And from her reaction to his behavior, I don't think she's doing anything like that. So she said that she wanted him to stop and he basically laughed it off. And she was like, look, this is so serious to me that... I don't even want to continue talking to you. So she has um, asked him, because he's the one in charge of the GoFundMe, she has asked him to take it down. And now she's looking for someone who will help her to restart the GoFundMe from scratch. She had not collected any donations through that particular site anyway. 
So she talked to her stepmother. Her stepmother has declined to help. And she asked me, and I said, look, it's, you know, first of all, there's my question of whether or not it's going to be effective, but also a question of how much effort I can put into it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just not sure that I'm the right person for this job, but definitely keep me in the loop and let me know what's going on. And certainly I want to, I want to talk about it with you and I want to brainstorm with you. And I hate to say no, but I also feel like it's just not, I, it's just not my, (laughs) it's just not in my wheelhouse. It's not something, you know, if I'm collecting this money, when do I turn it over? To whom do I turn it over to? I, I don't know that my heart is invested in it enough to really be the one to sell this. I 100% want all of you to pray for Valerie and to think about Valerie. If you do see cases where people have gotten a lesser sentence, especially in Texas, I definitely want to hear about it. I definitely want her to have all of the ammunition for the best defense that she can have. But as far as me being the spokesperson, it's hard because I do feel for the victims because it was wrong for her to to drink alcohol and to go driving. And I know you... I've skipped over a couple of the details, and certainly you can go back to the other episodes about Valerie, and you can hear those particular episodes. It is complicated. You can't just look at it and go, well, she didn't mean to, so let's let her out. But you also can't look at it and say, look, she made a mistake, so we should lock her up forever. And that's why there are recommendations for sentencing. That's why you have to look at at the consistency across the board. You have to look at, is she a danger to society? And I don't think so, but I'm her pen pal. I get to see her on her best behavior. I haven't seen her in the prison, and I've certainly never seen her outside of prison. I'm not, you know, privy to all of the information that people took into consideration when giving her this sentence. Oh, so all of that being said, my heart breaks for my friend Valerie. It's hard to look at somebody and say, I feel bad that they don't have an advocate. You know, she needs a best friend, um, a husband, a mom, a daughter, somebody who's going to say, this is what I am dedicated to. I am going to spend all of my free time working on getting you home. And, you know, I I look at my friend Val and I go, I, I can't be that person for you right now. You know, it's it's what what I can do is be a friend to you. And and I hope that that is enough. And I hope Oh, even saying it right now, it kind of hurts my heart because I know my friend Val needs that. She needs somebody who will really put in the effort for her. So, you know, if you if you are moved to um, start a GoFundMe for Val or if you know some other avenue, someone, a lawyer who works pro bono or a way that she can move forward in her sentence reduction without a lawyer or with someone who can do this for less than $15,000 or, you know, some method 
for her to, to come to either an acceptance of her sentence or moving forward with a sentence reduction, you know, that is really, really what we're looking for here. So speaking of legal research, because that's what Valerie needs. She needs a lot of legal research. Let's talk about tablets in prison. I am really intrigued. All of a sudden, I got letters from Juan and from my friend Titi and... Oh, I got a third letter, too, because it was California and Texas um, talking about getting tablets in prison. So I'm really curious. This started in 2018, and now it is being rolled out in 30 different states. Um, have you guys heard about JPay? JPay is the email service that you can use to write to your own pen pals in prison. I don't use it because I'm an old-fashioned kind of gal. I have a P.O. box and I write letters by hand. I do have one pen pal that I write to through email, but um, it's just difficult for me to remember to check my email. So I tell all of the friends that I've already established this writing relationship with that I just want to keep writing through snail mail. And they're like, yeah, okay, well, you know, better than nothing. Um but JPay is a service you pay for, so you can send the email for about a dollar, and uh, sometimes they have uh, discounts and things like that, too. So you spend about a dollar. That covers the cost of sending the pictures, and you obviously don't have to buy a stamp. When the people at the prison receive your email, they're going to screen it, and then they're going to make it available for your loved one to read. And the same thing when the prisoner goes to respond to your email, someone at the prison will screen it and then they will make it available for you to read. And so as far as cost goes, I usually print out pictures and send them with my letters. So the cost of the pictures stamp as well as envelopes and paper, it probably comes out to be about the same as using JPEG. When you use JPEG, if you are interested in writing to someone you don't know, you don't even have to tell them what state you're in. You don't have to tell them your last name. You can use any kind of pseudonym that you would like. And in that way, um, I think it's a little bit safer and it might just make you feel a little bit more comfortable if this is the first time that you are writing to somebody who is in prison. So remember, if you would like to have a pen pal in prison, you should be over 18. And um, my favorite spot, not a sponsor, is writeaprisoner.com, but there are lots of places like Penacon, um, Friends Beyond the Wall. You can just go to your search engine and find um, pen pals in prison, and it'll come up with a lot of different places. Before you write to somebody, you might want to either listen to the first episode of Friends in Prison. Um, I think it's the first or second episode where it talks about the rules. Or you can just go to those websites and read at the front. It'll give you some really great information on what is expected, what is allowed, and some ways to protect yourself when you're first writing to people that you don't know. Okay, so if you decide you're going to use JPay and your pen pal has a tablet, let's talk about what they've got. There are three different kinds of tablets. There's two seven-inch tablets. Um, there is one that is a little bit thinner. It's got better resolution. It's got extra battery life. And then there's also a teeny tiny one with a four 
inch screen and it's only got like 16 gigabytes of storage. The other ones, the bigger ones have 32 gigabytes. And I don't know if you've seen on TV, they have like televisions and things like that, that have a clear backing so that um, guards can easily see if anything is hidden inside of the electronics. And that's what the tablets look like as well. They have, and it's kind of weird, but I think it looks cool. Um, not that I think that my kids would be hiding anything inside their tablet, but I think they might be interested in this um, see-through plastic case. So the tablets include earbuds and a screen protector, and you can get podcasts, movies, games, you can get email, you can do legal research. And again, everything that is available, it's not just a connection to the internet. Everything that is available has been pre-screened and approved by their prison. So you can't just listen to friends in prison on your new tablet, unfortunately. But I will tell you that some of my friends, when they make phone calls, they ask their loved ones to play friends in prison for them so that they can listen to it. So shout out to everybody who's in prison and uh, do let me know how you like the tablet. Um, it does say that there's some technical support, but let me talk about my concerns over the tablet. I'm just afraid that they're going to get stolen, that they're going to break, that the charger is going to get stolen, or the earbuds are going to get stolen or misplaced. I just think that it's it's one more thing that can lead to fights, that can lead to... Um, and, and maybe everything is like that, you know, um, you have a newer mattress than I have. So let's get in a fight over that. What are we going to do? Take away everybody's mattress. These tablets are available for the prisoners to purchase. Now, I think it's going to be different in every state as far as what the actual tablets cost. And as far as my pen pals go, they are just now starting to receive them or to get the option to purchase one. Um, so I don't have the information in front of me about what the tablets cost. Um, I will say that there are subscription services to movies and music, and, and those range from $2 to $8 a month. And there are video calls available. I think you get a certain number of minutes free every two weeks. Um, something like 20 minutes free, and then you get uh, video calls available at 20 cents a minute uh, after that. So like I said, things are going to change from state to state, from prison to prison, but you can use it to call people, to send and receive emails, as well as videograms and e-cards. Um, and this is from the JPay website themselves. Uh, the tablets can be used to advance education with course materials, podcasts, and ebooks. And you can also purchase music, play games, and rent movies, as well as read the daily news. So there are, uh, if through the JPay website, if your loved one is in a prison who uses that particular service, some people use JPay, some people use Coralinks, um, but if they use JPay, you might be able to purchase the web, the tablet for them directly, or you can send the money to their account and they can purchase it from inside the prison. So I am really curious to find out how these tablets work. I think that it sounds 
if I was in prison, I would would really, really want one of these tablets. I want the control over what I watch. I want to be able to put my earbuds in. I'm not bothering anybody. Nobody's bothering me. I'm just going to watch the movie that I like, and I'm going to watch it over and over and over, the sort of thing that would drive other people crazy, because that's just the kind of person I am. I drive other people crazy. And I think the option to do your own legal research whenever you want to, as opposed to going to the legal library. And the the books can be complicated, you know, as far as knowing how to look things up in the books. So if I can start on my tablet, maybe I could even find references that I can then go to the library and research even more fully just to see if there are things that are not in the tablet but are in the legal library and anything that we can do to increase communication between people who are in prison and people who are outside is beneficial. Anyone who is incarcerated needs to know that they are not forgotten, that they are part of society, that while it has been deemed that they need to be in this place at this time, we are excited for the day that they return and become part of society fully again. So I, I definitely think that communication between friends and family is imperative. I mean, even communication with total strangers is imperative. So please find your own friend in prison. Oh my gosh, that's my cue to end the podcast. So do tell everybody that you know about the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm going to say it again. Find your own friends in prison.